Uh, I just wanted to first ask you uh, a bit of a footballing question, really, and ask you about Ben Mee. Uh, and uh, he's been obviously doing a lot of media work this week talking about premature birth. How, how proud are you as a club of what he's doing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, he went through a really tough spell. His family um, went through a really tough spell, I should say. Uh, but he's part of that. You know, the, the, the worry and the concern, um, the challenge of that and, and staying focused. We obviously supported the best we could, um, but there's no true support in that situation. Um, I mean, look, he's a, he's, a, he's a grounded, balanced fella. Um, you know, very caring about his family, like most are. And I, and I think, you know, he's in a situation which he's dealt with very, very well amongst amongst other situations that he's dealt with very, very well. And that all kind of encapsulates on a lesser level than than real life with his with his family. But, you know, why is why he's end up being a captain? You know, because often there's a maturity to a captain. Some captains are by performance, of course, but with him it's not only performance, it's a maturity to, to what he is and who he is. I think for, for fans as well, it's important to know that, you know, players aren't just robots that they see every weekend on, on the field. There's real people, there's real stories behind them, would you say? Yeah, but you don't want to get too deep into that. It's a, it's, a, it's a fan business, you know. And I mean, sometimes, you know, we the other week um, we were talking about Steve Bruce and some of the comments he'd made about, you know, the realities of the job. Players have a different version of that. Um but, you know, you, you don't want to get too pure about it. You know, players are out there playing football. You have fans. They don't think... You don't have fans coming into a stadium thinking every bit of depth about everyone's lives. Um, but sometimes it's nice to know, you know, remind them that they are human beings. There are life, a life behind what they do at their varying football clubs at all levels. Um, and sometimes that does get lost a bit in a stadium. But I don't think outside of a stadium that gets lost. I'm sure fans are... Um, certainly of mind that these are human beings and certainly of mind hopefully the way modern media is there's a lot of good they do as well and there's a lot of things and challenges they have away from the football pitch unfortunately often from footballers the good stuff doesn't really make the news very much it's it's virtually the bad stuff that makes the news unfortunately and, and for Ben on footballing terms is, is there a latest on his contract situation is, is there any movement on him potentially staying beyond the end of the season He's just like the others in the sense that we, we stay open-minded with the, the situations, um, dialogue between the club and their agents and, and the like. So, uh, yeah, that's, he's, he, he understands where that's at. And there's been a bit of a noise around James Tarkovsky again this week. You don't say, <laughs> as if by magic. Well, I'm, I'm blown away by that. Incredible. Are you, uh, are you able to reassure supporters that he'll be here? And, and no, I'll, I'll reassure you and everyone else the same as I always reassure everyone about every situation. Football changes. If it changes, it does. If it doesn't, then we're happy with that. It's just the way it goes. You know, we can't, um, you can't, especially in this modern time in football, contracts now are a different ball game. You know, 20 years ago, it was a different thing. Now, people sign a contract, six months later, they're sold and all the rest of it. You know, so it's a different ball game. All I would say about James, he's a fantastic professional. He has been since he's been here and he continues to be. His form this season is, is absolutely top draw. Um, I'm still scratch my head about how he doesn't get in the England setup, um, but that's one of them challenges for, for Gareth he's got a lot of good players he has to pick from um, that's my focus with him and he keeps doing the business and you mentioned obviously there's a, a number of players who are, are going to be out of contract I wonder whether you look at Palace who were in a similar situation to yourselves really at the back end of last season where they had a, a number of players I think more than 10 out of contract and they've gone out, recruited, they've come back this season almost a, a Crystal Palace 2.0. Do, do you look at their situation as a, as a similar one to yours this summer where there might be a reboot? 
Well, firstly, I didn't mention the contracts. You did. Uh, but secondly, they have got a situation where um, they had a lot of contracts up. They've done really well, it looks like to me, recruiting, or certainly so far in their early season form. Uh, not an easy task by any means. Um, they've also got some very good pros there, though. You know, and they've still got a, a kind of a, a group of professionals built around the group that were there because they've got some very good professionals there, in my opinion. Um, and, and they've made a nice start to the season. So, you know, it, it's it's a tough ask nowadays going out and recruiting. But to be fair to Palace, they've put a few quid in there as well. You know, they're not they're not looking for waifs and strays. They've put a few quid in there over the last few years. So fair play to the ownership there as well. And Palace is a club that you've been linked with before. But have you been impressed with the development of them as a, as a football club over the last couple of years? I don't think my links are relevant, but I think as a football club, I think they're, they're like all clubs. They want to develop. They want to move forward. They've, they've had ideas about the stadium. I know they've got some big backers going there and, and the like. And I mean, look, it's, it's not an easy task. I've always respected clubs like Palace. I played against them many moons ago in the, in the championship more so. Um, and they've become a, a Premier League club. You know, now they go about their business on and off the pitch. Um, it looks to me like a really good club, good support as well. You know, it's... It's a, it's a good rounded situation, um, it's different to ourselves, but similar in the sense that I think there's a respect there for clubs like Crystal Palace. And in the last international break, I mean, we're in a position again that you've probably answered this question before, but another two managers have lost their, their jobs at Norwich and Villa over the international break. And it means that Burnley are the only club in the bottom five that haven't changed their manager this season. I mean, what does that say about perhaps the decision makers in football and are you the perfect example of what can happen if you stick with a manager? Uh, I don't think I'm the perfect example. I think I think uh, the, the ownership and then the change of ownership have stood by me in different ways. Um, different clubs have different formats. Different clubs have different beliefs in what they should be doing. Um, you know, one of the managers, don't forget, has gone straight back in in Dean Smith. Um, I mean, what I will say, the, the, the view of management has changed from the media because Dean, I think, after the beginning of the season was being lauded and five games later he's, he's out and then he's into another club. So that's an interesting one for me, the, 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 you know, the short-termism of the media view, how he's playing amazing stuff and doing brilliantly and then five games later he's off. So that aligned with the, the realities of football management is very tough. Maybe because of my years in service, the, the ownership have built a way of working with me and the way I work with the club that I've been happy with. It might be that. Um, the obvious one, though, I mean, my life here is, is not a never-ending story. I've said many, many times, you've got to win games. Um, we're getting back to somewhere where we think we can be. But I've had spells here when I've been questioned um, from, from the fans. Not, not very often, but there has been questions. This season, there will have been, definitely. Um, the only way to change the question is by winning games. You know, eventually all managers know the way it works. You have to win games or you have to win enough games, of course, you know, to be deemed whatever the club decided a success. Some clubs it's very, very, very difficult, including our own. Others it's easier just to win games, but their challenge is different, of course. You know, if, if you're at the top six, it's not just about winning games. It's about can you get into Europe? Can you go into the top slots? Can you win the league? Et cetera, et cetera. Everyone in the Premier League has a different challenge. Every board, chief exec, technical director will have a view of what they think their challenge and realities are. Sometimes the realities are there and we all agree with it. Sometimes the weird world of football, the realities get thrown out the window and everyone scratches their head. That's just the way football is. And just uh, finally for me, the, the team news for, for this weekend, has everyone come back from internationals okay? Yeah, they, 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 you know, we're, we're getting back to uh, full strength and Dale Steens has been out on the grass. He's had another reserve game and he's not there yet, but he's getting back to um, real fitness as well. Uh, Barnes has got a little niggle, so we'll have a look at him. 
Um, Maxwell was a longer journey, so he's back into it, well, later today, uh, ready for tomorrow. Um, yeah, so pretty much we're okay. Chris Wood's come back okay? Yeah, he has, yeah. And Lennon recovered from illness? Yeah, he's good, yep. Yeah. Lovely, great. Good luck this weekend, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, David. Uh, Katie Shanahan, PLP, please. Hi, Sean, good to see you. Hiya. <clears throat> Two big results against Brentford and Chelsea before the international break. What works particularly well in those games that you'd be looking to repeat on Saturday? Well, the Brentford game took care of itself with a, with a real performance. Um, you know, maybe they had a quieter day. We were, we were very good on the day. Um, took some uh, the chance that we created and kept them to, you know, pretty, pretty much um, saw the game through in a way that we can do in the Premier League. Chelsea was a whole different ball game. You know, they could have scored early. It could have been a different story. Nick Pope was on form. We've defended for our lives at times. Um, and we've stuck in there and got a nice point um, against all the odds. And we, we can do that. We have done that down the years. And, and you do need a bit of luck along the way because they missed a couple of big chances. So different, different feel. We've only had one loss in five. So therefore, the mentality has been good. Um, but, you know, it doesn't guarantee the next one. But I think there's a different show of us, I thought. As I said, Brentford, we were very good. Played some good stuff on the front foot, mixed our play well and affected the game well. Uh, Chelsea was a different ball game. We had to just dig in and fight and do all the ugly stuff and uh, work to get a chance, which we did. Take the chance, then you get a point. Have you seen a lift from the players following those two big results? I mention it all the time, the players are pretty firm-minded. The environment that we set, the way that we work is always pretty positive anyway. Um, but what it does, it just it enhances the fact that they are putting the work in um, during the week. They are putting the shift into the games. And when you get their wins, it just reinforces that if you do it right enough, it pays you back. So that's what you're looking for. You know, you're looking for the consistency of performance on a daily basis, as in training and prep. And then you're looking for the consistency within performances to go and win. And I said all along, we, I don't think we've been far away, but the, the league table doesn't bother with the details of whether you're far away. The league table only bothers, did you win and did you get points? So that's the way it goes. Patrick Vieira has been at Palace for five months now and guided them to a six-match unbeaten run. What do you think he's changed since coming in to help Palace this form this season? Well, along with the recruitment, I think he's. it looks to me, just trying to bring that new manager edge, you know, a little bit more... Uh, maybe on the front foot at times, um, still trying to pass, still trying to play. Um, a couple of players who are maybe quieter in their performance level are beginning to show signs. So, and the newness of, of new players going in, but he's, I don't know him that well. I, I met him recently actually by chance. Um, and I, I did remind him, enjoy it now because it doesn't last forever. Um, I did say that to him because I've been down that road. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, he'll be trying to get his point across to the players I don't think he's naive. I think he's been around the game long enough to know the challenge of the Premier League. So I'm sure he doesn't think they're the real deal and they're a done deal or anything like that. I'm sure he'll know that he's got to keep working with them players to keep them going. And finally from me, Burnley <clears throat> have won their last three matches against Palace without conceding. So what do you want to see from your players this weekend to repeat that same success? Just a building process of the performances we've had this pre-season. Uh, sorry, this, this pre well, actually this pre-season and in the season. Um, continue to add the layers of detail, continue to get on the right side of the margins. Um, you know, we, we have to, we're always aware of the opposition. I mention it all the time. Like most teams, by the way, we all analyse the opposition, have the stats, the facts, but it still comes down to you performing. And I, I enhance that to the players all the time. We've not been far away. We're very, very strong against Brentford. We'll have to do that again against a good side in Palace. And that, that's just the nature of the league. Thanks, Sean. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Uh, Daniel, Radio Lanks. 
Hello, good afternoon. Hi, Beardy. <clears throat> How are you? You're looking particularly deliverance-like in that shirt. <clears throat> if the cap fits. It's a fair one, then the cap, that'd be a big cap. I'm not trying, yeah, well, it's got all that to cover, hasn't it? Um, I don't even try and argue back on points of my appearance. It's, it, no, it's a valid point. You, there's no point. It's a right. losing battle. Correct. Um, I just want to talk about the, the Palace stuff a little bit. <clears throat> you, you mentioned Patrick Vieira there and, and the changes. Is it easier to notice changes when it's kind of a revolution, a new coach and new players coming in, rather than the evolution that comes from working with a group of players for a long time? Because I think perhaps contrary to popular belief, Burnley and your team aren't playing the same football that they were nine years ago when you came in. But is Don't it less ruin the story, Beardy. Why would you ruin the story? Everyone knows we just do the same thing. Goodness me, why would you ruin the illusion? Um, no, look, I, I, think, I think Patrick will have enough respect for Roy and the job he'd done there, especially, you know, people forget when Roy went in there to stabilise and calm things, um, did that. Probably looking like most managers do at what they've got and then the new recruitment and how they can add to it and looking to format his style and the way they can work and the way they can play. Um, they've had a good start, it seems to me. The longevity is the key. You know, teams can have good periods of a season in the Premier League. It's, it's, it's prolonging, either prolonging the good period or not being damaged by the bit when it doesn't go so well. Because clubs, unless you're in the top six, and even they have some sticky spells, by the way, um, relative to, you know, what people think. Excuse me. Everyone outside of that, probably top, certainly top eight, are likely to have a period of the season that doesn't work so well for them. So the measure of a team is not always the bit when they're going well, it's the bit when they're not going so well. So I think that'll be, I would imagine anyway, at the back of Patrick's mind. I'm sure he thinks they're going well at the minute. I'm sure he's enjoying the fact they're doing some of the things that he wants them to do. Um, I would be very surprised if he's naive enough to think that that just you know, controls the rest of the season for them. It might do, but I think it's it's... There's plenty of challenges in the Premier League that remind you of the truth of it. And I certainly know that. I've, I've worn that T-shirt a number of times. I suppose we can joke about the perception being that you, you always do the same thing and play the same system and pick the same team and, and all that stuff. Seriously speaking, though, do you think the changes you have made over the years have been quite subtle and therefore don't get noticed that much as obviously a new manager coming in and, and a kind of clean sweep and a new broom sweeps clean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because the the... When you think about most football situations, if you want to, if you want a complete remodel, um, it costs a lot of money. I mean, uh, you know, Patrick and Palace are an example of doing some really good work and recruiting well, it seems. But they have recruited, you know, it's not it's not buying players out of the championship for a couple of million quid. You know, they've actually put their money in and said, right, okay, we need some of these players to be ones that we consider to almost be up and running. Um, and it's still early yet to formulate that side. In our experience, it's been more of just nipping away at it and adding to it and trying to continue growing. And some of the players give you a different look, don't forget. I mean, I think it's fair, funny enough, we were chatting about this just the other day with, with someone in football. I won't name who, and I was saying now, um, when Stephen DeFore came in and got really fit, truly Premier League fit, he gave us a different way of playing. And if you remember at that time, it was saying, oh, Burnley are changing, they're playing this way. We were keeping to our format, but he actually instigated change by his style. Maxwell's given us a little bit of that more, you know, more lately. He's, he's given us a little bit of a twist in the way we play, but the format still has to be there because 
you add to it, but you you don't uh, you don't uh, um, take it away because there's a lot of good in the format that we use, and we know it can be productive in the Premier League or productive enough, whichever way you you look at it. You know, with the finishes we've had, um, so it's 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 layering up if we can. You know, if and when we can. We layer up, I mean, even this summer, we, we put some money in, but people forget we got 12 million in ourselves. You know, so we did bring money in as well as put it out there. You know, some clubs can put more in at any given time, change their look, work with different players, exact, you know, and, and all these different things. We have had to make subtle changes, add to it and add variance to what we do. And when we're really on it, like we were against Brentford, I think a lot of it pays us back with the style and the way we play and the way we wanted to affect the game, still whilst defending well. And when it's not quite there, that can happen to many teams, then it's not, you know, where you need it to be. And that's the challenge. You know, the adding to what you do, um, changing the style, but keeping with the essentials of what you do and, and still winning games. You know, it's the conundrum that every manager is under, whatever style or whatever format, whatever players they've got, everyone's trying to do a version of that. When you've had an international break and you've had plenty in your time as Burnley manager, of course, is it difficult to manage the individuals who've all been to different places and all had different workloads in games? And, and is it very much a sort of case-by-case case basis as they come back? Oh, it depends how many players you have away, but often, you know, you get the idea where, uh, you know, the media sometimes kind of say, oh, they've got a chance now to work with the players. And you go, no, we haven't, because they're not even there. You know, half the team is not even there. So you get like one and a half days before the next game, two days. Sometimes if the fixtures fall better, maybe three days, you know. Um, so the challenge is you want your players out there with international recognition. I certainly do. I think it's a great thing for them to, to have. And they come back and you want them back as quickly as you can and you want them back in one piece. Um, when that happens and the equation works well and they enjoy their time playing and then they come back, sometimes the game formats are helpful because they're earlier in the, the schedule and they get back maybe a Tuesday or certainly by a Thursday. Then at least you've got a couple of days to remind them of what you do, look at the opposition, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's the challenges of it. Um, you know, the, the windows and how they work. There's always a challenge to getting your players back and mainly in one piece ready to go again. On that subject, I wanted to ask about Chris Wood. Scored a couple more goals for New Zealand in the international break. I think he's two away from the national goal scoring record now. Obviously takes great pride in playing for his country. Can that help him when he comes back? Can that help him with the Premier League and with performing and scoring goals for you? We'll see. You know, at different level, they play at some of the games, not all. Some There's some real big challenges when these players go away. Um, others are not such a big challenge. So, you know, I, I don't think, for example, I'd be surprised if it was much use other than, you know, other than a little edge of belief. When England go to San Marino, I don't think them players will be coming back saying, well, look, I'm just going to rip it across the Premier League because we've just beat San Marino. So... You know, there's a balance to these games. Um, in our case, when it's Chris Wood, you're just looking at the fact you like the fact he scored, of course. He likes the fact he's scoring as well. Um, whatever country you play for, any record is fantastic and recognised. Uh, I mean, you know, Big Wayne's uh, approaching 100, 100 cats. I mean, amazing. You know, that sort of stuff. I was just talking to him today about it. Amazing. You know, that sort of thing. So if these players can get involved with in their countries and add to not just the mode of playing, but any kind of records or any kind of way they're recognised, then fair play to them. You know, that's, that's all good for them and it's all good for us. And, and on the bigger picture of, of the Premier League, Sean, announcement today that there's going to be more money put in by the Premier League into Leagues 1 and League 2 and, and the National League system as well because of the, the impact of the, the pandemic. You've not only played in the Football League, you've recruited from there and a lot of your players have got a background maybe in academies at, at lower division clubs. 
A lot of things are said about the Premier League in a negative respect. How important is it that stuff like this happens and, and the kind of positive impact of helping those clubs out comes to the fore? Well, I, wasn't, I don't think I'm over, overly concerned with any negative view of the Premier League. I think there's a lot of positives as well. I think people have known there's a lot of money comes into the Premier League, but they have over the years tried to distribute. There's always a question of how much and where. But during the pandemic, we're all saying, you know, would it, would it change? Would it um, shift the thinking? Well, it seems to me they've, they've at least gone, right, OK, we'll add to the support package, um, which I think is great. You know, like you say, I mean, I haven't lost sight of my roots and where I started. Well, my second club being Chesterfield and, and where they were. So I haven't lost sight of that. Um, so that's good. Um, I don't think they've ever shied away from trying to support football. There is a demand from the top clubs for, for more and to you know, add to their revenue streams to keep their products going. But for the good of the game, then any money that can be available for, for clubs outside of the Premier League, then that's got to be good. You know, it's got to be healthy for the game. And I must say, I remember the pandemic, hopefully it's gone forever now, but when it was really in its you know, early stage of football and they were saying about clubs going out of business, I remember saying, I said, you know what? Football clubs are an amazing, resilient machine almost you know if you look at businesses across the world and how they collapse football finds a way it's incredible the history of some of these clubs and the problems and the finances and when they're you know maybe i don't know misrun or things go wrong they find a way and football does find its way when you look at it in the world of industry and business it's incredible you know football does find and mainly because of the care and the love of fans and the attention and you know, the old-fashioned stories of some local person done good and they say, right, I'll put some money in the club and we've all had them stories. Um, one, one here many moons ago with Barry Kilby, you know, a club was really struggling and he said, right, I've made a couple of quid, I'm going to go and help out. And Brendan Flood and all these people down the years have played their part, you know, amongst others, by the way. Um, it's amazing what football can do. But if you can help it and add to it with real finance from the powers that be, then that's got to only aid some of these clubs and how they can move forward. And, and hopefully, as you rightly said, with my past in the, in the leagues um, across them, then hopefully that will be the case and they, and they remain in good shape and they can only build now on hopefully everyone around the world, you know, being well and people being in stadiums and fulfilling what fans want to do. And that's we'll go and watch their local club be successful. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thanks, Dan. Um, we'll move to Mark Staniforth and we'll move into the environment section. Hi Sean, just going back to the, the international break, I just wondered how much you're also conscious of dealing with the potential sort of psychological re repercussions. I'm thinking, for example, Maxwell and obviously he suffered a big blow with Ivory Coast not, not, not qualifying. Are you, are you conscious of managing players in terms of perhaps coming back with disappointments? Not overly. I think players become very resilient down their careers. Um, you know, you have to get over disappointment quickly because there are a lot in, in football, both as individuals, teams, managers, coaches. Um, I think you become very resilient. So, you know, things that happen, as long as you've played your bit and you've played well and you've put every effort in, then you, you're clear and you just think, right, OK, what's the next challenge? You know? And I think most players think like that. Um, underneath it all I'm sure there'll be disappointment but it doesn't linger too long it certainly doesn't linger here very long we try and park things very quickly make sense of them by all means but then park it very quickly um, because the next one comes around quickly uh, we were talking to Josh Brownhill earlier about um, that the, must have been fun the, 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 uh, the slightly different pressure on um, a game like a home game against especially with the raised external expectations perhaps after the Chelsea result do, do you recognise that it's a very different approach or, or, or you know to what extent is it is it different 
It's not different for me. Um, I know the challenges of the Premier League. Uh, I know that we format the players in a in a manner, um, both you know the physical, mental, tactical, technical, to be ready to play. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, I can't govern every individual on the team because of outside forces of what we do and the media and social media. But for me, another important game. You know. We, Whatever way you look at it, you've got to get points on the table, no matter who you're playing against, good form, bad form, all of them challenges. The fact is you've got to win games. So my, my thinking never changed from that. We go into every game attempting to win. We went down to Chelsea attempting to win the game. We had to get a bit of luck and some very good performances to get a point. But our mindset was to attempt to win. And we do that in every game. Just finally for me, how, how impressed have you been with how Josh has continued to evolve as a as a premiership player and does he to some extent encapsulate the Burnley way of sort of patiently bringing players through until they're you know fully established well the Burnley way has, has been somewhat out of necessity you know we've often brought players from the different levels of football mainly well a lot from the championship and I felt it was time needed to allow them development time it's been others we've had to throw in really quickly and others we've had to be careful with and take time with um, we've explained to Connor Roberts I think he's going to be a good player we've explained it to him Big Nathan's come in and got a few games done very well you know that kind of adjustment to the Premier League and we, we hope to do that as part of what we do but sometimes it has been out of necessity but Josh being another one you know actually the pandemic was forgetting it I mean I know it's a bad situation but for him the only positive was he, he had a spell when he'd seen us see what we do then he had a spell when it was quiet and he went away and got himself super super fit followed the programme that we gave him to an absolute T and came back really really fit and well and played out more or less the rest of that season and, and has never looked back he's maintained his standards he continues to do so we know he can still learn and improve we've spoke to him about that particularly you know searching for the ball dealing with the ball and adding to his game with that side of things because he, he strikes the ball so clearly and he can score a goal as well um, but he's done nicely and he continues to develop